BBEG Builders. Big bad enemy guys. Today, we're going to be talking about building big bad evil guys. That's it, right? Yeah. Okay. It's time to flesh out who your big bad is going to be. If you are thinking about building a story the way that movies or novelists write their stories, which is which is fine, you'll notice that the villains can be far more dynamic than the heroes early on, where for the first half of the film, for the first half of the novel, the heroes are just kind of reacting to what the villain is doing. But in your campaign, you may want to have something different where instead your players are the ones who are out there and being dynamic and exploring the world. And you maybe want to have the villain sneak into the story, or you might have a different kind of story that is a lot more cinematic where your players come together with the intention of beating this guy. So a classic villain that we refer to a bunch because he works is Strahd from Curse of Strahd. Mm -hmm. He ticks all the boxes for what a cinematic villain should be. Uh, Strahd is always there. He's very dynamic. He's interesting. He's menacing. He directly opposes the players. And he's, he's a constant threat if you play him right. But other times, you may want to have a hidden enemy or someone that could be a fake ally. When it comes time to planning your big bad guy, you have options. And I want to take some time to talk about how to build a bad guy that you're not painting yourself into the corner where if you have a bad guy and he's so charismatic and he's so right and he makes his big evil monologue about I'm here to clean up the environment and overthrow the ruling class and you're sitting there going huh yeah no we we like this guy we want to join him that you <laughs> aren't uh, out of luck as a dm because that could derail your campaign or it could take it in a good direction if you're prepared for it oh yeah that that just means that your good NPCs now are the big bad evil guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a great way to start an evil campaign. It doesn't necessarily have to be evil. Yeah, um, true. Before I got into podcasting, I got into writing. And I try very hard to continue that storytelling because we people are storytellers. We communicate in stories. We come together. We roll dice to see where the stories go. And if you are a DM... One of your skill sets is that you need to tell stories with your players. And you don't have to be awesome at it. You don't have to be George R. R. Martin or Tolkien or any of those. But a little bit of knowledge can go a long way. Mm -hmm. well, the, the BBEG that you're you know, building for your campaign, it's going to depend on uh, the story that you're trying to tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it also depends on whether or not you're using an established module or not like if you yeah. and if you're how much of it you're editing you brought up strad if you're playing one of those campaigns the bad guy will be there it's just a matter of becoming comfortable and familiar with what he he or she's gonna do right yeah um, if you don't have homemade store-bought is fine yeah yeah and it's just making sure that you're understanding the motivations of the bad guy which is the same as if you're trying to develop one you have to get in their head a little bit Right. Strahd is one of my favorite villains to run. He's he's so fun because he's he's so threatening. He can show up really anywhere and just put the players through misery. Right. So what do you think makes a good bad guy? 
Well, like I said, it depends on the story that you're trying to tell. That kind of story, Curse of Strahd, where the villain is the main focus of the game, is a lot of fun for the DM. And I think it raises the stakes and makes the players feel more involved in the story when you have a villain that's like Strahd. But not every story needs to have a Strahd. It's okay to have a villain that's kind of just sitting in the background. Maybe even the characters don't even know who they are. Yeah, I think a good bad guy is one whose motivations in the story oppose those of the players. Yep. Regardless of whether or not they know about it. Because if it's Strahd, he's like right there in their face opposing them. But there's also the lord of the nearby city who doesn't know the players from the farmers across the street. Right. But his goals are whatever they are, and the players don't like it. Or maybe they don't know his goals either, but what they want is something that he doesn't want. And that opposition, as long as there's an, the interactivity between the two, right. more than anything, like they have to be in some way, either directly or indirectly, interacting with each other. In conflict. Yeah, because conflict comes from, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, my working definition of conflict isn't people punching each other in the face. Conflict is whenever your players or your characters or your PCs want something and there's something preventing them from getting it. The struggle that they go through to get what they want is conflict. It could be people talking. It could be negotiations. It could be hunting for an item in a store. All of that is potential conflict. doesn't need to be melodrama where the stakes of finding a fruit smoothie are off the scales. Or it could be if that's the kind of story you want to tell. Like yeah. in Curse of Strahd, the conflict is, well, the players want to get out of Barovia. And Strahd's keeping them there. Right. You know, I threw around an idea with Jamie a while ago about having like the witch in the forest mm -hmm. as not necessarily a big, bad, evil guy, but just like someone who creates conflict with the players. And what this witch in the forest wants are things that are kind of like they seem mundane or they're they're unusual, but they need to interact with this person to get what they want, which is something unrelated to, to her or, or him. But this person is the only way to get it. Right. And that creates a conflict there as well. Right. And yeah, so something that you can do is when you're planning to separate out good and evil, lawful and chaotic, and say that instead of being black and white, you can do shades of gray where everybody, you know, nobody's an angel, nobody's the devil. Everybody wants something and everybody's flawed. And having that frees you up where the witch is, the trope is, I believe, orange and blue morality, where say you are running a space campaign and you have an alien and the alien race values something that your players have no inkling of. Like they might really love knock knock jokes and value knock knock jokes above everything else. And that to tell knock knock jokes is the ultimate level of morality and to have long toenails is absolutely abhorrent and there's no logic to it except that it could be to them externally it makes no sense but as long as it's consistent yeah then you could use that to tell a story there's a novel that i, I listened to i don't remember the name of it it has to do with space one of the, the aliens is all about gambling like their entire societal structure is about gambling they put stakes on everything, mm. the upcoming battles, who's going to get the first kill, who, wh whose ship is might survive, like everything. And if you cheat in gambling, that is their cardinal sin. As long as you're within the rules of their gambling system, you can do almost anything. Right. But to stack the deck is against the rules. 
Right. Yeah. So to, to bring it back to Truby, the book that I love to refer to for this, and I'll be referring to it several times, is uh, John Truby presents The Anatomy of Story, 22 Steps to Becoming a Master Storyteller. So you don't need all 22 steps as a DM. I'm just going to pull out the ones regarding the opponent. And to have this quote, a true opponent not only wants to prevent the hero from achieving his desire, but is competing with the hero for the same goal. If you stop listening to the podcast right now and you start thinking of your BBEG as someone who is after what the players are after, you are on the path to success. That's Strahd too. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's basically every show. I mean, the new Halo series movie. It's, it's everything. Yeah. It's, it's like everyone's about that i want this thing you want this thing i, I it, we can't have it together you're right it. it's not even like a thing or a MacGuffin like in indiana jones think about a detective chasing a serial killer the thing that they're after is control of the truth the serial killer wants the truth to be unknown or they want to pin the blame on someone else they want control of the facts to be the serial killer is innocent whereas the detective wants the objective truth to get out there and be on the record yeah so it could be something nebulous it's not a macguffin it's not a thing it's not a suitcase full of gold it's not a political office or control of someone's life if you are trying to assassinate someone they're doing their best to live and you are doing their best to not yeah and that's the thing like it's okay to go to easy route right it's okay to say this story is literally going to be about a thing Right. And that's okay. Like you said, most stories out there are that simple. So don't feel like you have to overcomplicate your big bad either. Right, right. And it can be a big thing that the big campaign is about a thing. And then you could have steps to get to the thing. You know, the thing could be in a safe. But if you get the key to unlock the safe and then you have to get to the safe, those are steps to get the thing. Yeah. I believe there was a, a major franchise that just had a whole series of movies about collecting things. <laughs> the MCU was all about them stones. So, yeah. I mean, and it was all about steps to collecting the things. Mm -hmm. So it works. It works. It's tried and true. If it feels formulaic, don't feel bad because you use formulas all the time. You pay money. Two dollars equals, I don't know, a fruit smoothie. That's a really small fruit it is it's tiny and but, your players won't know if you're yeah. using a formula right the players understand the objective right. this is a powerful thing that does a thing but this is a powerful person who does a thing this is a powerful concept or magic that does a thing someone wants it i also want it right and now you don't always know that your players are going to want the thing that you're inviting them to go for if you maybe want to have the player stumble on the plot you can have you know truby later on he has opposition theory where i'm holding up the book now and it's a square it's four points on the plane and there's double-sided arrows pointing to all four points so everyone is in opposition there's there's arrows on the diagonals there's arrows between each of the sides because each of the players the opponents they're all in conflict with each other and they may not all want the same thing. And so you can set up this power dynamic where you have a whole bunch of people want a thing or a whole bunch of different people want different things, but they're all in opposition with each other. Then the players can stumble in. They can choose their own adventure. They can choose their opponent. They can side with one faction and then they adopt that conflict 
And this could be a way to set them up and set them up for something bigger because going back to our stakes recording where how do you get players to care about something? Well, one way is to have an NPC that they care about care about something. They're automatically going to care about something that they chose. Yes. And so you can have options. And so you don't always have to have a player run up to them and be like, hey, I need you to help me get this thing. You can have a player fall in the mud and start crying. And then you slowly sneak the plot into their lives. Yeah. I actually, I was running a series of one shot just last month. And I told the players that they were all isolated, not connected. They're just happening in the same place. You don't have to have the same characters. Here's a bunch of isolated stories. We'll finish in one session. But in that, I planted some seeds of like conflicts that were happening that they stumbled across. And they were like, well, I want to know about this thing that like I, I had them find a tablet with some writing on it that they didn't know. I was like, well, I want to know what that says. And I was like, well, no one around here can read it. And that's it. I just left it at that. Right. If it's planting the seed of like, you don't get the automatic answer and that can actually drive some player motivation to go into it by removing the instant gratification, you can kind of encourage them to look for something. Right. So this is a way of introducing the conflict and introducing the plot in a way that is organic. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in session one, but it's a way of sneaking plot into early monster of the week or dungeon crawls or adventures before the players figure out what they want to be when they grow up yeah we did four sessions and it was only in session like three where they even found this thing and again i wasn't even going to make it possible for them to be able to read it in, unless someone just happened to pick the right language which even then like no one did right but i had decided that stuff ahead of time i was like this is the language it's in and and whatever but if they don't have the way of solving it themselves, I'm not going to make a way to, to read it available for several more sessions just so that they're kind of just dealing with it in the back burner and not really thinking about it, but they're kind of thinking about it. Right. So, yeah. So, all right. So step one of building the BBEG is invent someone. Come up with a character. They don't have to be evil. They don't have to be virtuous. I mean... You can make them flawed. They should be flawed because everyone is flawed. But they don't have to be good or bad. They can be whatever you want to make them. They can be friendly or mean or greedy, virtuous, whatever. Step two, make them want something. So you give them something to want that the players might decide that they want. Or you could entice the players to want. And then step three, give them a plan. So while this is going on in the background, as the players are going out and doing their things, Treat your BBEG like another character who's working towards their own goals in the background. Don't have them just sitting in their lair, swirling some brandy in a snifter, waiting to throw it in the fire for a, a dramatic pause. Yeah. Another thing for your big bad is maybe they already have it. Right. And they're just trying to keep it. And they can keep it. Right. So it is easier and more dynamic to tell a moving story if it is a fight for something that is attainable. Because the longer that the players don't go after the thing, the harder it's going to be because they're going to fortify it. And that's harder to tell as a DM, whereas the closer the bad guy is going to get to it. I was thinking of like, if the big bad already has a thing, but going back to your idea of like opposing factions, you have two or three other factions that want to take it from him. Right. They're moving in their own way and, and he's trying to deal with them and the players become engrossed 
in one of them. And maybe they actually want to help him keep it or they want to help these other groups take it from him. Yeah, it is an opposition. And then what happens when they attain it? The double cross is it's not a cliche if it's still effective. Yeah, because double crosses happen all the time. Yeah, it's not cliche. I love double crosses. Yeah, if if it's appropriate. Yes, it's it's not cliche at all. Right, right. The person that they're helping gets the object of power. They get Sauron's ring and then they give into it. Yeah. And then they claim it as their own because it was a phylactery and they become a lich vessel now. (laughs) I'm just going to butt in here real quick and say that I don't think it's always super important to put so much thought into your big, bad, evil guy, because sometimes I mean, especially if they're not someone who that's always going to be showing up and in conflict with the players constantly. Sometimes you could have a big, bad, evil guy that's sitting there in the background, not directly interacting with the characters. And then the characters find something else that they are more interested in. And you might have to change up your story. Right. Yeah. Have have options, have multiple choice, you know, choose your own adventure. But at the same time, yeah, if you're put enough planning into your your bbeg so that way they can be present and they can be there because if the players don't know about your big bad and they have no reason to oppose them why (laughs) why even make it in the first place yeah if it, it going back to the plan only what you need kind of thing that we were talking about before don't go crazy with planning your big bads every single detail. Right. Like, don't plan the final battle. No. Yeah. No, never plan the final battle. Always plan the setup. You don't know how they're going to do it. Right. But think about going back to the movers and shakers of your world. If you have a couple different movers and shakers, if you want one of them to be the big bad evil guy, have him be the mover and shaker around the players. I had this villain planned out for this campaign once who was big bad evil guy, warlord, he was opposing the characters in almost everything that they did, but indirectly. I also introduced conflicts between the characters themselves and goals, separate goals for each of the characters. And eventually what happened was the choices that the players made created a villain even worse than the big bad evil guy that I had originally planned for the game. And it completely changed the scope of the story. Right, right. So, yes, don't overplan. Don't put all of your cycles into planning. but. Don't have nothing. Even even if you're reskinning something from a campaign, have something. Something is better than nothing because you can always replace it with something better. But and, be flexible. But be flexible, yes. So step one, come up with a character. Step two, make them want something that the players could be enticed to want. Step three, give them a plan. Yeah. And that's pretty much all you need. Yeah. And then step four, when things go off the rails... Throw it in the garbage and start over. Well, that's also you. you no, don't start. Don't throw it in the garbage. You don't Save need to do like the entire campaign at Big Bad. You can do like the chapter Big Bad. Yeah. Or the so it doesn't have to be like huge. You don't have to think of Strahd. Just think of a lieutenant. Yep. So we're gonna end there. Yeah. So that was one mystery demystified. Hoorah! <laughs> we're getting there. Yeah. We'll figure it out.